I will awaken quickly with and for all sentient beings and for all beings wisdom, compassion and non-clinging awareness. Now for all beings all beings in pain and suffering and those experiencing illness at whatever stage and those beings that are frightened of death and frightened of changes to their body and concerned about passing away or holding on to that which doesn't particularly matter <laughs> or they think it does. Some who are experiencing extreme pain and bewilderment. It's difficult. Oh, my God. 
Or condensation. <coughs> so, any any questions you might have? If not, we'll, uh, I'll read the uh, last chapter of this uh, glorious text. You may have a few. One question, two questions, three questions, four, five questions, six questions, seven questions more. <laughs> Is the hold button on the recorder? Is the hold button on the recorder? Yeah, I, I did check, but, but we'll, we'll double check. Are you getting concerned that the, the final recording may... Uh, did you check the batteries, Monsieur? Ah, very good. Close to my heart. contemplating uh, when Raphael was getting the microphone ready, I think maybe it's time we got uh, an upgrade for this and also we have two, so therefore there can be two instead of borrowing a, a uh, someone's uh, cell phone. <laughs> I think it's about time to do that. Good. Any other any uh, uh, questions you may have? Any more um, anxiety about the uh, uh, recorder? Any more? That's good. It's good to do things. Do things well. Part six, 
Chapter 21, Non-Conceptual Enlightened Activity to Benefit Beings. This is the Buddha activity. First one develops the bodhicitta, then the path is practiced, and finally the fruition, Buddhahood, is achieved. As all these goals have been pursued solely in order to eliminate being sufferings and to assure their happiness, one may wonder how, in fact, there can be any benefiting of beings when Buddhahood is attained, since Buddhas are without either conceptual activity or effort. So, it's another way of saying, Buddhas don't do anything to help you. They don't need to do anything to help you. And they don't have to think about helping us, do they? Don't have to, don't have to think about helping they don't have to actually do as a human being would know doing. So we, we normally think that to get something done, we have to do something. Here's, a, here's a, a, a koan for you. Do you need to do anything to accomplish things? Do you need to do anything to accomplish things? So most people are doing all the time, doing, 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 doing. Maybe there's a way to do that doesn't require any doing. Uh, the scope of freedom and the total openness allows the unraveling and the completion of that which needs to be done. Possibility. There does, however, occur, this is a wonderful line, there does, however, occur a spontaneous and uninterrupted benefiting of beings, even though Buddhas do not think or make effort. So this is inconceivable, I would believe, to most beings, yes? That the, the a Buddha, fully awakened being, that needs to do nothing at all to affect change and beings and liberation beings. If one wonders how this can happen, the answer is given in the synopsis of this chapter. Here we go. Quote, Enlightened activity is summed up in three points. The noble bodies of Buddhas, that is the uh, Dharmakaya, the Sambhogakaya, and Nirmanakaya, uh, without thinking, accomplish the benefit of beings, and likewise do the magnificent speech and the noble mind. End of quote. Examples of this non-conceptual benefiting of beings, physically, verbally, and mentally, are given in the Uttara Tantra. And there's actually many examples given in the Uttara Tantra that are, are not in here. They could go on and on and on in the Uttara Tantra. And some of the other um, sutras and so on, the uh, scope of a Buddha's mind, body, and speech are given extensively. And then you also see it in the Huayan uh, teachings of the scope of Buddha activity. It's staggering. It's absolutely staggering. Beings who've experienced this, um, you should take, take a look sometime and you'll go, whoa, this is, this is beyond uh, um, anything that we uh, even con conceive. Examples of this non-conceptual benefiting of beings, physically, verbally, and mentally, are given in the Uttara Tantra. Quote, like Indra, the god Indra, the drum, 
clouds and Brahma, the sun and the precious jewel is the Tathagata, also like an echo, like space, and like the earth. Number one, examples of the way in which the noble forms of the Buddha non-conceptually accomplish the good of beings. Now, as you've probably read, these are um, uh, a very, very ancient, very, very ancient examples of trying to show people um, that uh, the good liberation can be effective without actually seemingly doing anything. So here we go. These might be a little foreign to most of the modern Western mind, these examples. The quotation, quote, like the manifestation of Indra, gives, quote, uh, end of quote, gives an example of how the non-conceptualizing kaya, the dharmakaya, can bring benefit to sentient beings. In the example, Indra, and there's many examples of using Indra and uh, different, different examples, uh, in this example, Indra, Lord of the gods, dwells in his palace called House of Victory. In the company of a host of young goddesses, the palace, so the palace, this is a, just to show you what beryl looks like when it says beryl. The palace is made of beryl. There's a crystal of beryl, a natural crystal of beryl, just the, the ends are rounded to make a bead. So this is on the Medicine, Medicine Buddha uh, rosary, which is lapis, and then topped with a, a, uh, a barrel, a crystal barrel. So just so you, you can at least see um, what the palace might look like. So you can imagine uh, the god of Indra inside this, uh, sporting with his consorts, of course, and having a lovely time uh, for eon after eon thousands and thousands, millions of years, and uh, the palace uh, is the size, well, perhaps it's enormous size, or this size, but this size could be enormous. The palace is made of beryl, so pure and lustrous that Indra's reflected image appears in the walls and can be seen from the outside. Were humans living on earth to be able to behold this image of Indra and his divine enjoyments in the heavens above them, they would long and pray to live like that. With such a goal in mind, they may make sincere efforts to be virtuous, and through their virtue, they could be reborn in such a state after death. The vision which inspires them takes place without any intentional effort on the part of Indra. In other words, just the, just the act of being free reflects itself in countless emanations without making any effort at all in the same way, well, no, no, in the same way that light passing through a diamond, the light gets dispersed without making any effort at all. And there's people on the outside that go, ooh, ah, wow, incredible, and get inspired to have minds like that or to have qualities like that. Do you see? This is what they're, this is what they're getting at. Uh, the, the extraordinary virtue of, of the god Indra sporting 
I like the word, I always like that word, sporting. Sporting in his palace, in a godlike state, uh, the reflection of the power of that virtue spills out uh, through the crystalline walls of the barrel palace and beings who have the merit to see it can see it. In a similar way, those who have entered the path of highest good and who cultivate faith and similar virtues will see the forms of the perfect Buddha adorned with their special marks and signs. That is, they will see the Sambhogakaya Buddhas if they have the merit or the signs of Sambhogakaya Buddhas or the ornaments of Sambhogakaya Buddhas uh, which will draw them further into that radiance and clarity of mind. That may be that they don't see uh, the entire body. It's possible. They may see an extraordinarily shining dorje, or vajra, yes, of absolute magnificence. Or they may see the, um, the skull headdress, or they may see the kapala skull, or they may see uh, the dancing form, these kinds of things. Uh, or the palace in such uh, magnificence that their consciousness is uplifted and drawn towards that, that um, exalted state. So they are um, seeing or experiencing Buddhas adorned with their special marks and signs. They see them walking, standing, sitting, sleeping, teaching the Dharma, meditating and accomplishing all sorts of miracles. So beholding, maybe in dreams or in pure vision, uh, beholding uh, beings of such magnificence, such quality, that they go, I would like that. I would like that. As a result of seeing such things, they will experience faith or confidence and yearn to attain such a state. I too would like to be uh, residing in that um, state. In order to become like that, they will practice those virtues which are its cause, bodhicitta and all the other necessary practices, which are here. Or just here. The one practice. As a result, they will eventually become Buddhas. The, mag the manifestation of the Buddha's form, kaya, that is the sambhogakaya or, or nirmanakaya, takes place without any thinking and without any movement. So they don't, they don't have to think about it. They don't have to think about uh, giving teachings. They don't have to actually think about moving. There's no, there's no movement. Uh, they mean actually movement in the mind. Because you see here it says, uh, they see them walking, standing, sitting, sleeping, teaching the Dharma, meditating, accomplishing all sorts of miracles. The, the point would be, uh, is there anything happening really at all? Quote, just as on a clear surface of beryl, beryllium silicate to be exact, there appears the reflected form of the God, Lord of Gods, so on a clear surface of beings' minds, on the clear surface of beings' minds, there appears the reflected form of the King of Victors, the Buddhas. There will be appearance of Buddhas or Buddha forms or Buddha qualities uh, on the surface, if you wish, or the, uh, there is no surface, on what appears to be the surface of beings' minds. 
Number two, examples of the way in which the Buddha's pure speech non-conceptually accomplishes the good of beings. The quotation, quote, like a divine drum, end of quote, from the Uttara Tantra, gives the example for how the Buddha's speech can accomplish the welfare of beings without forethought. In the example, there is the sound of a drumbeat in the realm of the gods. Now, this, this drumbeat in the realm of the gods uh, just happens. This is not a... This is not people beating the drums. This is just by the power of the state, there is a sound like a drum going out or a declaration um, going out. It resounds as a result of the gods' former good actions, that is the extraordinary good karma of these beings. The drumbeat does not think or intend Yet its sound conveys messages such as all conditioned things are impermanent. Which stimulate the gods inclined to neglect virtue in the present. That is, there are some gods that uh, are not being so virtuous in the present, so they need reminders. They have been very virtuous in the past, therefore they have been reborn in the godlike state. But not all gods are now sporting virtue, so they need reminders to sport virtue. I like that word, sport. Quote, probably from the Uttara Tantra. Just as in the divine realms and through the power of there, the gods' former virtue, the Dharma drum, without any thought, without any effort, location, mind or form, stimulates all the carefree gods. Carefree? Code for what? Hmm? No, no, no. Doing things that are not quite virtuous, if you know what I mean. Carefree gods, over and over again, with the words impermanence, suffering, no self and peace, and also the four seals, which are the sign of the Buddhist teachings. The four, this is good to actually, uh, uh, we've put that on the board before, yes? The four seals? Yeah? No? It was the four harbor seals. Four leopard seals? Remember the four leopard seals? Oh, okay, you can put up the four, the four seals. See the references in Vajrayana Mahayana teachings, the four seals, the four seals, the four seals, the four seals. And the reason they're seals is because they seal the mind into liberation. In the, in the Theravadan tradition of, of insight and, and uh, the teachings of Buddha, there are three, three seals, if you wish, three uh, marks or signs, and that's impermanence, dukkha, and anatta, or anicca, dukkha, anatta, in the Mahayana and, and Vajrayana teachings, there's, there's the four um, ones. So now if you could um, write the four seals, please. The first one is all conditioned things are impermanent, so that, re, that, that, accor- according to, that accords to Anicca. They're sometimes written a little bit differently, and there's modifications of these four. There's, you'll see slight modifications of four. Sometimes the order is altered from three to four. 
but they're very, very famous and they're very important because they run through all the teachings and, and also the, in all the sutras and tantras, the four seals are, are taught over and over and over, one being emphasized more than the other, and or all four or three. So it, very important to understand. Number two, all phenomena are devoid of self-entity. So that refers to anatta. All phenomena are devoid of a of self-entity. That is, there's no phenomena at all, including one, uh, us, that has a truly existing uh, ultimate core. You will search and search and search and search and search any type of phenomena, and you'll find it is coreless. It has nothing there that you can find ultimately that's supporting it as a true individual special entity. Like look, give, give an example, wonderful example, I, I always love contemplating, is a tree, a fir tree. You look at the fir tree and you go, the fir tree is a fir tree. And that you, you don't realize that the fir tree cannot be a fir tree without a specific fungus. So all that fir tree below it spread in the ground uh, maybe hundreds of miles of little mycelium, little uh, uh, clear tubes running in the ground is as much the tree as, as much as the fir tree is. Above that you see is completely interdependent and supported and is the fir tree underneath in the soil that you walk on. And meanwhile, you're standing there. This is called delusion. You're standing there going, look at the fir tree. And actually, there's more in the ground than there is above. Do you follow? So in that sense, what is a fir tree? We can go further. I, you know, I've done this before with you, yes? So you think about this experience of beings having, I am a flower. You know, you when flowers go... I am a yarrow. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. I am a yarrow flower. Look, uh, look at me. Or human beings, you know, Fred Astaire. Look at me. Yes. So Fred Astaire. Who would be? Who would be Fred Astaire be dancing with? Ginger if he's Rogers. Ginger Rogers. Yeah. If he is still around. But of course, he exists on what? Celluloid tape or in people's imaginations. So, uh, but if you examine uh, Fred Astaire and a, the movie of Fred Astaire, you'll find that there's nothing uh, that you can find distinctively behind it that has any characteristic of Fred Astaire. Correct? I mean, what would Fred Astaire be without Ginger Rogers? Yes, Fred Astaire? <laughs> she did everything he did backwards and heels. Okay. But what would he be like without tap dancing shoes. You see? Take away the tap dancing shoes or take away, take away his cane, take away the stage, take away, take away, and what do you have? Then you say, well, there's Fred Astaire. But it's not Fred Astaire as you know Fred Astaire. Okay? Or Fred Astaire lying on the couch uh, having 
um, strawberries and champagne. You may not even recognize Fred Astaire, correct? You may go, who's that? And even the voice that's coming out may not even sound like Fred Astaire because he's got a cold. Right? And you go, well, that's not Fred Astaire. I am Fred Astaire. You're not Fred Astaire. I am so. Well, there's nothing. You don't even look like Fred Astaire. You're not dancing. Do you get the idea? So all of us are like that. That by memory, only by memory, do we attribute um, significance to events and, and our, our nature and therefore uh, keep reflecting a name and a concept about everything. And so everything is like that. Coreless. Coreless. So, next one. Uh, all tainted phenomena incorporate suffering. That is, all phenomena uh, are tainted tainted by um, suffering or tainted by uh, skandhas. You see? Skandhas. Another way of saying this is the whole phenomenal world, because it is a product of mind, is imagined by mind, uh, is tainted. Now be careful about putting a bad thing on this, but tainted means, uh, tainted in terms of uh, is a mass of suffering because there's going to be clinging. And there's lots of teaching on that in the first number of chapters of this book. All tainted phenomena incorporate suffering. Many different translations of that. And as I said, there's, there's lots of extensive uh, teaching on that. Uh, this is I prefer this translation. All afflicted states are of the nature of suffering. So to say phenomena, be very very careful about that. This is this is often said. All the afflicted states are of the nature of suffering. That is, any phenomena that is uh, imputed or arises due to afflictive states is uh, suffering. Okay? So let's put uh, all phenomena, let's put all afflicted, afflicted phenomena. This is, this is the transition point where I sometimes go, hmm, tantra interpretation, sutra interpretation. And then uh, the last one, Let's see how they're translating it here. The whole of nirvana uh, is peace. The whole of nirvana is peace. That's a good one to put up. Where all, technically, it would be all the cessations are peace, all the neroda. All Naroda is peace. All, all that ceases is, is peace. So these are called the four seals. Why? Because any realization of one leads to realization. Any, any uh, insight into one leads to the opening to true transcendental uh, wisdom. That's why they're called the seals, because they forever stamp 
the being's consciousness. They are the nature of consciousness, nature of mind. So, these uh, four seals uh, would be what is being um, uh, this, uh, being emanated by the drum of Dharma, or the blowing of a conch of Dharma, is blowing, uh, announcing throughout the universe that these uh, four seals are are what is uh, important. Yes. Uh, no, but they contain the Four Noble Truths. Yeah. They would be, they're like a reformulation of the Noble Truths, but with uh, different quality, different, um, slight different take on it. Okay. Yeah. 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 You might want to say this is a reformulation of the of the four noble truths. As an example, so, so for instance, you you don't see in this uh, formulation the eightfold noble path. You see, uh, that needs to be taught. But this is this is, you could say this is the core of the four noble truths. This is the inner inner nature of the Four Noble Truths, reformulation of the Four Noble Truths, without the, the path, without the, the path that you need to gather to um, come out of suffering. As in the example, it is without any effort of liberation that the speech of the Buddhas transmits to those who are ready to hear teachings that suit them. I'll, I'll read that again. As an example, it is without any effort or liberation that the speech of the Buddhas transmits to those who are ready to hear teachings that suit them. So that's why you can have all kinds of beings in a room who every single being in a room is hearing something different and will come away from a Dharma talk or even a Dharma tape or a YouTube video of Dharma with something different. Maybe even something like, well, I watched a, a YouTube video by a Lama so-and-so or His Holiness so-and-so, and I know that was meant for me. They were talking right to me. Understand? That was, that was exactly what I, what I was on about. It's amazing. Yes? So, uh, uh, if you want, good uh, Dharma discourse is a bit like that in that every, every being is touched in a certain way for where they are at that moment in time and place. Quote, Likewise, without effort and so forth, the omnipresent embraces all beings. I like that. I really enjoy that. The omnipresent. Not, not Buddhahood, but the omnipresent. What is the omnipresent? The Dharmakaya. Dharma kaya embraces, and then samboga kaya as speech emanation, yes, as vibrational speech moving beings to liberation, is omnipresent. Why is it omnipresent? It's always there when it's needed. 
Another way of putting this, which has been, which is lovely, which I don't can't quote which text it is. I think I think it comes from an explanation of Jaman Control, which would be uh, coming from the Uttara Tantra or some other trans, uh, line of transmission. Is the Sambhogakaya manifestations occur from the Dharmakaya by the uh, the asking the aspiration prayer. So a being requiring teaching immediately draws, if you wish, I'm paraphrasing, this may not be exactly how he said it, but maybe as I understand and, and can conceive of it and so on, immediately draws what is needed from the, dharm, from the dharmakaya, which manifests as sambhogakaya or namanakaya. Does this make sense? Instantly, spontaneously. Likewise, without effort and so forth, the omnipresent embraces all beings, without one exception, with the speech of the enlightened ones teaching the Dharma to those who are ready. To those who are ready. So you may make all the aspiration prayers you want, please. Please teach me Dharma. But if your being isn't ready, one isn't going to hear it, even though it's flooding all space. You know what I mean? It's pervasive. Another way of saying this is the universe is knocking on your door. Wake up, wake up, wake up. But nobody is home to hear the knocks on the door. (laughs) Hello, it's the Dharmakaya knocking in the form of the Sambhogakaya. And there's nobody home to receive the message. So the courier shows up and nobody's home because nobody could hear the door knock. And they go away. And then again and again and again and again and again until the, the goods get sent back to UPS and end up back in some warehouse in Illinois. You see? That's a modern interpretation, but the package goes back into the storehouse of UPS or FedEx somewhere in the United States in a giant warehouse, uh, maybe never to be seen ever again except on a computer barcode. Something like that. (laughs) Trying to make some modern explanations, yes? And the not being able to hear the knocking is due to clinging. Due to clinging clinging and obscurations. And And in the case of the Sambhogakaya, afflictive obscurations. And not being able to meet a Dharma teacher that matches, that is suitable for you, uh, is due to karmic, serious karmic ob- uh, obstacles. So you say, I, I've never been able to find a Dharma teacher. Or, or this one, I, I've heard this one before. Well, I've never found someone suitable for me. You know that look? I've never found anybody suitable for me. They don't, they don't you know, I mean, I try. I've, I've tried, I've read, I've, I've gone some Dharma talks and so on, but... Um, you know, not for me, really. You know, it's it's, it's okay. So that that tells me uh, that there's a karmic, serious karmic obstacles. Give me another give, give another example. Um, someone asked me. Somebody is related to somebody, and they asked if somebody 
would send a very high lama an email. Could they get an email to ask them some questions? It's coming to me. Could, could, I, could I do this? Could I help deliver a, a, uh, an email message to a very, very um, high, 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 high lama? And I said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, I could actually, mm-hmm. But uh, what I said is, you know, if they have the merit and they have the strength and they're actually serious about Dharma as opposed to, could you help me with some life problems or could you help me with this or that? And it'd be worthwhile to see if they have the strength, the merit to get on the plane when they have money get on the plane and fly over to India or North America or Europe, wherever they need to go, to talk to the person, make an interview or go to some teachings and show they're a serious being of Dharma, as opposed to, can I send them an email and ask them a whole bunch of personal questions? Do you see what I'm talking about? Oh, well, if I can't do that, then I'm not going to meet them. You see what's going on? No, 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 the... the, the um, Strength of their being is not strong enough to actually uh, receive teaching. Or when are they coming here? You know, if um, if they come to Vancouver and I don't actually have to pay any money, even maybe I don't even have to get a bed. Maybe they could come to my bedside. <laughs> um, if I'm having breakfast in bed, maybe they could just come over for a chat. You know what I mean? Like a chat, or or maybe just send me a YouTube video, and I can watch it while I'm in bed. Are you kidding? So, this is this is uh, why one would not hear the drumbeat of Dharma, uh, because there's too many afflictive emotions. Or in the case of of encountering an Irmanakaya being they simply can't get on a ferry or they can't get on a plane or they can't take a train or they can't get in a car or someone says, you know, we're, we're going to meet uh, His Holiness the Karpo, we're going to meet the Dalai Lama, uh, would you like to come along? No, actually, I've got a jacuzzi appointment. I think I'll go to the spa today. Or maybe I'll get a manicure. I'll get my hair done. Thanks, but, but thank you. Yeah, maybe another time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Don't think I'm joking. I'm joking, but I'm joking in a Monty Python sort of way. Future, future Monty Python Dharma movies. Sorry, uh, actually, I, I know it could be a luncheon and uh, a face-to-face meeting with the Dalai Lama, but I actually have my nails to do, and I've, I can't break that appointment. Wouldn't you laugh? You would, wouldn't you? But actually, you should cry cry for beings in that state. In the above way, the speech of the Buddhas accomplishes the welfare of beings without any need for thought. So the speech, the communication of the Sambhogakaya doesn't require any thinking, and yet it happens. Three examples of the way in which the perfect mind of the Buddha non-conceptually accomplishes the good of beings, like a cloud. For example, during the monsoon, the clouds gather effortlessly in the sky. Would you say the clouds are actually thinking about gathering? Are they 
conceptualizing where they're going to go? Are they scheming where they're going to go? Are they talking to the weather office and asking permission where they should go? For example, during the monsoon, the clouds gather effortlessly in the sky and their rain as it falls upon the earth without any deliberation on its part causes the growth of perfect crops and causes many other things to happen. Quote, uh, just as the clouds during the monsoon cause an effortless mass of water, the condition for plentiful crops to fall upon the earth and so on. In a similar way, the activity of the Buddha mind without any deliberation being needed, pours down the rain of Dharma onto beings, training in virtue, and it ripens their crop of wholesomeness. Quote, Similarly, the clouds of great compassion cause, without any need of deliberation, a rainfall of the sublime teachings of victorious ones. To, 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 to do. Thus, the Buddha mind accomplishes the welfare of beings without any need of thought. But there may be speech heard. This is a beautiful thing. So, the mind that is uh, experiencing the Sambhogakaya or Nirmanakaya may hear speech, but there may be no speech happening. But they hear something but it's dharma. They hear dharma. Why? Because the vibration is dharma. Therefore, one catches the reflection of dharma and interprets it as dharma. If you interpret it as noise, you hear noise. Or gibberish. Doesn't matter, doesn't it? Let's turn on Let's turn on some acid rock. It would be like it'd be like listening to a Dharma talk on a, on the on the radio, and you're 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 listening to the Dharma talk on the radio. Doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Actually, what really makes sense and is meaningful to me is some acid rock, because that stuff sounds like noise. But acid rock, you know, gosh, it moves me. So. One has to be in the right vibrational mode, you know, the right vibrational mode to be able to hear Dharma. Hear Dharma. Like Brahma, in this uh, example, Brahma, Lord of the Gods, manifests his presence in all the heavens, in all the heavens, yet never leaves his own Brahma heaven. Doesn't have to. In a similar way, without ever moving from the Dharmakaya, the Buddha manifests the twelve deeds. Remember the twelve deeds? That is, descending from Tusha to heaven, from a pure land, uh, entering a womb, and so on, being born, uh, growing up in a, a, a palace of pleasure with, with, with consorts, remember that, with consorts, uh, and enjoying consorts, and then becomes disillusioned, by uh, marriage or uh, having children and, and life, uh, seeing it all play out, and, and so on, until they uh, seat themselves on the Vajra seat and become fully enlightened and then turn the wheel of Dharma and so on. So these 12 acts they are classic acts um, of, a, of, a, of a, a Buddha.
or a, a great bodhisattva. But in this case, a, a fully awakened being. There, there are uh, beings um, of, of great attainment, uh, such as Atisha, Naropa, others, uh, and other people through history, who have actually had very, very similar circumstances. If they look at their, if they look at the life, or their students look at the life of this being and say, actually, it matches pretty well with a Buddha to be. They were born, uh, had a very auspicious birth, lights and rainbows and all kinds of auspicious signs, which means a a um, a highly attained being is being born, and then they grew up in a in a in a wealthy or a, um, a family of excellent opportunity, and then and then and then and actually follows a very similar, even though not identical but similar unfolding to the a Buddha's life of becoming disillusioned with having everything and being given every opportunity and all the pleasures and all the wonderful riches of life and then abandoning that and so on and going through this whole process until they become awakened and turn the wheel um, of Dharma. Just as Brahma without ever moving from the Brahma heaven, this is a quote from the Uttara Tantra, uh, effortlessly shows his manifestations all through the uh, the other heavens, so also does the victor, the Buddha, or the Buddha nature, without ever moving from the Dharmakaya. Effortlessly show his emanations everywhere to those whose karma makes them ready. So this is what I meant. So here we're going, you can see the three uh, different stages here. Um, Free of knowing taints, this is, I explained this last, last night, free of knowledge about the nature of phenomena. That will allow the experience of dharmakaya, Buddha nature, to come through. Free of afflictive emotions, freedom from afflictive emotions, greater and greater, allows experiences of sambhogakaya. Free of karmic afflictions, binding a being to their life circumstances or birth circumstances allows encountering a nirmanakaya emanation. Does it make sense, everybody? Yeah. I have known, I'll give an example about karma, I've known beings who've been told me, absolutely, I, I want to meet that teacher. I want to study dharma. I want to meet that teacher. I go, great. Here's the location or here's how to get there or here's and they try. I remember this with a very dear friend of mine. He was my closest, one of my closest friends in high school. When I was first seeing a Mrs. Raff, or Tropal Doma, and I, I went to go see her. I'd never met her before, but someone gave me the address and told me the time and said, you can't go see her because her class is closed. So I was going to go anyways. So I said, no, you can't go. I, I, we, we promised that she'll take no more students. I said, that's nice, but I'm going. You know how it is when you're 16. Anyways, how this being was. So my best friend said to me, uh, I'm going to go too. I really want to hear this. I'm really inter interested in, in uh, whatever, whatever this is, Buddhist meditation. I said, great. Well, we'll go together. So I went on the bus to down, downtown. I got on the bus on Bathurst Street, but he didn't show up. 
I went to the talk, and so forth and so forth. Many things happened. Went to the talk, and then he said, how was it? I said, it was great. It's really good. You've really got to meet this teacher, and you've got, Dharma's really good, you know, sort of thing. Uh, something that maybe some of you beings should do a little bit. I think some people keep the Dharma secret. Anyways, so uh, he asked me, and I, I was, I thought, this is, this is something. This is very important. I'm going to, I'm going, I'm going to do this. So, uh, yeah, oh, great. So I said, well, next time what I'm going to do is I'm going to ride my bicycle. Because actually what happened is my father promised to give me a ride to the bus. To the bus. But he had something else to do, and I, I never did go there. Something like that. Okay? Oh, that's too bad. Your father changed his mind. Yeah, he was busy with something, so uh, I couldn't get a ride to the bus station in time. So the next, next talk doesn't show up. I said, well, what happened? It's now like the next Tuesday. Uh, my bicycle had a flat tire, so I couldn't, couldn't get to the bus stop. But I, I'm going to make it for next Thursday. I'm, I'm giving you the example. Never made it. Three times he lost interest. Went a different way in life. Interesting. So to, to, to meet and to be able to contact and to be able to actually even recognize what is uh, a manifestation of awake mind, whether they're a nirmanakaya, forget all that stuff, but actually the dharmakaya is putting out teachers, <laughs> you know, putting out beings. Make incredible effort, and it just doesn't happen. The car breaks down. I've seen that. They lose their air ticket. They forget their passport in a, in a restaurant. So on and so forth and so forth and so forth and so forth. And then they give up. Well, obviously it's not meant for me. Whereas beings of great merit don't give up. Like Marpa, who tried to find his teacher a third visit to India and searched and searched and searched and searched, almost gave up many times trying to find his teacher again and finally found his teacher. Or, or beings that have, have worked very, very hard to, to like Milarepa and other, other teachers, other beings, great beings, who've worked very, very hard to find it. And when they did, made great effort. Now it's very easy. Well, if they don't come, they don't come to Toronto or to Vancouver, well, why, why would I go see them? You know, I mean, they should come see me. Like the sun, in this example, the sun rays without any need for deliberation. Do sun rays have any deliberating thoughts? I doubt it. Do you think the sun goes, let's put out some sun rays today. Gets up in the morning, the sun gets up in the morning, goes, let's emanate some rays, maybe some gamma rays, maybe some x-rays today. Maybe we'll give off something in the, in the, uh, something in the hydrogen spectrum. Today. You know, a little bit of some alpha alpha frequency, you know. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. In this example, the sun rays, without any need for deliberation, cause the lotuses and an, and an infinity of other kinds of flowers to blossom simultaneously. In a similar way, without any thought or effort, the rays of the Buddha's teachings cause the lotuses, which are the minds, or the lotuses of the minds, 
the uh, unfolding nature of mind, which is, which is what lotus means, uh, of infinitely different types of disciples with their varied aspirations to open towards that which is wholesome. So imagine this. Imagine all kinds of beings going, what do you mean there's wholesome stuff happening? It's almost almost all unwholesome. Just read the newspaper, listen to radio, go on Google, just look at the news reports, listen to the politicians. Let's go to a city. Well, that's what the radio frequency transmitter is picking up, yes? That's what they're hearing. And yet the broadcast of the drumbeat or the rays of the sun that are warming, they won't feel because they're not actually in a state to pick up wholesome rays. And yet the rays are always there. Another way of saying it is the whole universe is just screaming. Another way of putting this. The entire universe is screaming for you to wake up. Can you hear it? Or are you too busy to too busy with your own self-concern and stories? to even hear it. I'm too busy having a war, uh, inwardly or outwardly. I, I, I don't think it's so important to uh, um, be surrounded by wholesomeness. Quote from the Uttara Tantra, quote, Just as the sun without any deliberation through the simultaneous radiations of its sunbeams brings the lotuses to full bloom and ripens other plants, so also do the sun rays of the Tathagata's sublime teachings, without any need for deliberation, pour into the lotuses of beings training in virtue. So anybody training a truly in virtue and contemplating uh, a nature of emptiness will be warmed by the uh, spontaneous and continuous emanations of of the Dharmakaya. Taking this example of the sun another way, just as the reflection of the sun appears simultaneously in all surfaces, sufficiently clear and smooth, so also does the Buddha appear simultaneously to all disciples of a sufficiently pure inner disposition. So it's a good sign if every once in a while you have uh, dreams or visions or dreams of teaching or communication of Dharma, uh, it means that the uh, glass, the glass house of your being, to quote diatoms, glass house of your being has been polished and cleaned sufficiently that the rays of teaching can enter it, however you interpret it. Like a wish-fulfilling gem. In this example, just as a wish-fulfilling gem does not think, wish-fulfilling gems do not think, wish-fulfilling vases don't think, uh, yet effortlessly produces whatever is requested by the person who prays for it, or praise to it, likewise the goals corresponding to the various motivations of the Shravaka and other disciples are accomplished because of the Buddha. This means a, a wish-fulfilling gem, which, have you encountered a wish-fulfilling gem? You probably don't know what a wish-fulfilling gem is, but a wish-fulfilling gem doesn't need to deliberate, 
if it's wished, uh, then whatever is wished comes out. Why? Because the universe is ripe for any manifestation. You have to ask for it, though. Quote, just as a wish-fulfilling gem without thought and simultaneously completely fulfills the wishes of those who are within the sphere of influence. There's the important line. Within the sphere of influence. So you may have a wish-fulfilling gem, but nothing's coming out of it. That's because you're not in the sphere of influence. There hasn't been enough sufficient purity to rub the genie's bottle, rub the genie's lamp, to get light to come out of it. You see? So you say, but I ask and ask and ask all the time, but nothing happens. It just isn't sufficient power to do so. Just as a wish-fulfilling gem without thought and simultaneously completely fulfills the wishes of those who are within the sphere of influence, so also an account of the wish-fulfilling Buddha, the wish-fulfilling Buddha, what is the gem? The wish-fulfilling mind, the chittamani. In Sanskrit, the wish-fulfilling mind, in this case, the wish-fulfilling Buddha, will, uh, will, those of various motivation, hear different kinds of teachings. All kinds of teachings, all different various teachings from the wish-fulfilling Buddha. However, these happen without any deliberation in the Buddha's mind. So this is another way of saying the Buddha's mind is a treasure house, a treasury of infinite vast riches of Dharma for all different sentient beings. In the same way, that different teachers, uh, physical teachers, uh, manifest all kinds of different dharma for different beings of different karmic propensities. That's the way it is. So thank goodness there's all kinds of different teachers on the planet today teaching because there's all kinds of people that have different kinds of conditioning that require um, different rays of sun, sunlight and, and treasures, treasuries. Similar to the above, there are three more examples. Those of an echo of space and the earth. Those are from the Uttara Tantra. Showing how beings can be benefited by the Buddhas without there being any need for deliberation on their part. So they are over and over again saying, uh, or uh, Gampopa is saying, uh, and the tradition of Mahaya is saying, this uh, non-conceptual nature, the, the, the attainment of non-conceptuality and not thinking and not deliberating and not be fixated on doing gives rise to an extraordinary degree of awake compassion. Another way of saying this is exactly what you and me uh, must do is purify our minds so there's less and less doing even though you may be sitting, standing, walking, sleeping writing Dharma texts, giving Dharma teachings, uh, bathing and so on, even maybe going in the ocean, gardening, who knows what. But the, there's no deliberation to uh, give teaching. Why? It just naturally arises, spontaneously, naturally arises without any effort. 
It is the way the universe is in its pristine nature. Another way of putting this from the uh, tantric tradition, if you wish, is the highest action of Buddha nature is compassion. That's what we're working towards, is totally free compassion to liberate beings because that's actually what an awake universe does. Universes or mind. Do you think there's a universe that you see? You know when you, you, you go online you see a beautiful Hubble telescope picture? You know? Absolutely beautiful of the Horsehead Nebula or the Crab Nebula. You know, you look at that and go, wow, that's amazing. That's just so breathtaking, isn't it? And then you read at the bottom, it says, X-ray, composed by X-ray and radio imagery. Color enhanced. Yeah? And it should say lower down, uh, a telescope worth $5 billion dollars devised by the following people, listing all the names by their minds, constructed by Lockheed, you know, and so on and so forth, put together, put out there, and you are looking through radio, you know, a different, well, this is optical in that case, down, downlinked to Earth, uh, digitized, colorized, reinterpreted through software, and look at this beautiful photo. Right? But you may say, well, okay, it's more genuine if you go to your backyard telescope and it's a reflector telescope or it's a Schmidt Cassegrain telescope and you're looking through the lens and you see the nebulae directly, yes? It's just as much interpretation. So when we talk about the universe being awake, don't necessarily think of the universe as you conceive it, because the universe as conceived 2,000 years ago, or uh, 3,000 years, is a very different universe than you know, through school and through observation. And what might this universe look like 1,000 years from now, or 500 years from now, or even two or three decades from now, when you go to school and you get raised? So children may be going to school today if they have good science teachers, or exposed to science, may have a very different experience of the cosmos, the solar system, and the galaxies than, than we do of our generation. Does it make sense? Completely. And you think, but they must have because they use the same word. Universes, cosmos. They don't. They do not. They live in a different world. Make sense? In the same way that Dharma teaching is so vastly different to different beings, even though the same words might be used, these minds are very, very, uh, no different in the mind, but in terms of conditioning flux of the mind, ooh, vastly different. Infinite range of possibilities of confusion.
So you see, the activities of Buddha are divided into body, speech, and mind. You see? These are, 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 what, are none other than dharmaka, or, uh, well, reverse it, body, speech, and mind would be nirmanakaya, uh, sambhogakaya, and dharmakaya. You see? So, so uh, the full scope of a Buddha, as is taught, will manifest the um, different forms and different qualities of body, speech, and mind, or enlightened body, speech, and mind, which is nirmanakaya, sambhogakaya, and dharmakaya um, activities. Without any effort at all, without any doing at all, without any pondering, any deliberating, it just naturally rises. In other words, there's nothing to do. But means think there's something to do. But there's actually nothing at all to do but be awake. And that awake encompasses compassion. To conclude, quote, which I've, it's just a different translation, it's lovely in Gelson Rinpoche's uh, translation. A wish-fulfilling gem, though thought-free, fulfills simultaneously all the wishes of those within its sphere of activity. Likewise, though those of varying aspiration or various teachings, when relying on the wish-fulfilling Buddha, he does, he does not so conceive. Likewise, the lute, space, and earth are similes, similes for benefiting sentient beings without conceptual thought. So the activity and the power of non-conceptual thought is staggering, beyond even conceiving what uh, us conceiving what it can do. This is the 21st chapter, dealing with the activities of a Buddha, from the Jewel Ornament of Liberation, the Wish-Fulfilling Jam of the Noble Teachings, and the colophon at the end, the jewel ornament of liberation, the wish-fulfilling gem of the noble teachings, an explanation of the stage of the path of the Mahayana vehicle, was composed by the physician Sonam Rinchen, Gampopa, Gampopa's name, one of his names, at the request of Bhante Damakyab. Damakyab also acted as a scribe. So he was requested by uh, his um, scribe, or one of his scribes, uh, to give this exposition, and uh, he took it down. Uh, so, quite lovely. There is an ending here in this text, which I don't see in the other text. It may have just been put in uh, into this text. Uh, the wish It could be a different version of the text. The wish-fulfilling jewel, the precious dharma, manifests for the benefit of all sentient beings without conceptual thought by the merit of your transcription, May all sentient beings achieve the supreme enlightenment. It's an ending uh, by the nature of this uh, transcribing, of uh, writing. May it liberate all beings. So by whatever... Uh, I'll take all three texts. They've been very helpful, haven't they? All three? Uh, by... Uh, May there, may there be uh, countless merit by uh, this group coming together 
and uh, allowing um, fortuitously this being to share any little gleamings that, that I have gleamed and all, all that merit and the richness due to the uh, wonderful loving kindness and compassion of, of uh, my teachers, especially, especially uh, Namjul Rinpoche, who spent uh, so much time uh, many years ago uh, giving the full exposition of the Jewel Ornament Liberation to a number of us. And uh, any errors that I have given, which there may be many uh, in this um, seven weeks of teaching, uh, may that be uh, forgiven. And uh, um, I'm hoping that there's, uh, by this teaching, that uh, it raises and helps beings uh, become, become fully liberated. It certainly has helped uh, this being because uh, it's worthy t for, for this being, of course, to hear this again and again and again as well. Yeah? So it's an extraordinary teaching. So thank you for joining me on this uh, journey. Very precious, very precious teaching. And I felt today, uh, uh, why? Because I feel like it. <laughs> no other reason. Um, but I would like to, uh, because of it being um, a sutra teaching, uh, I would like to end in, the, in a traditional manner of reading out of the salutations of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. So just follow along, listen. Namo tassa bhagavato arato samma sambuddhasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arato samma sambuddhasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arato samma sambuddhasa. And these are the classic, uh, from the Terawan tradition, classic salutations to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. They're, they're very beautiful and they're very rich. And uh, well, join me in uh, celebrating uh, what has been a, a glorious retreat. I would say a glorious forward, not a retreat, a forward advance. <laughs> you change the language, this is not a retreat from anything, it's a forwarding. So. First, the salutation to the Buddha or Buddha nature and all of its manifestations. Itipiso Bhagavalam Sama Sambudo Vija Karana Sambuno Sugato Lokavidu Anutaro Prisadamma Sarati Sata Deva Manusanam Budo Bhagavati Namotasa Sama Sambudasa Yecha Buddha Aditacha Yecha Buddha Nagata Pujipanaya Cha Ye Buddha Hamunami Sabata Nati me Salam Manam Budo me Salam Manam Atena Vachandena Hotimi Jayamangalam Utamagena Vendaham Pada Pamsu Vedutalam Budeo Karadoso Budo Kamatu Tamamam Budam Jivita Priam Tam Sarnam Gachami To life's end my refuge is the Buddha. Now salutation to the Dhamma. 
Sakita Bhagavata Damo Sanditiko Akariko Epastiko Upanayako Pachatam Viditabo Vinuhuti Namo Tasa Nyanakasa Dhammasa Yecha Dhamma Jitacha Yecha Dhamma Nagata Pajupanayacha Ye Dhamma Nam Vadami Sabata Nata mi sanam manam dammo mi sanam vanam eta sachojena ho to me jayamanganam utmagena vandam dammancha tivanam vanam dame yo karadoso dammo kamatu tamamam dammam jivata priyam tam sanam gachami to life's end my refuge is the dhamma that is the full manifestations of every way in which uh, teachings of liberation uh, is, is given. And now, salutation to the Sangha. Supatipano Bhagavato Sawakasango Uchipatipano Bhagavato Sawakasango Naipatipano Bhagavato Sawakasango Samichipatipano Bhagavato Sawakasango Yedam Chatari Parisukami Agani Ata Parisa Pugala Sa Bhagavato Sawakasango Ahuneo Ahuneo Dakinio Anjara Karanayo Anutaram punyakehetam lokasati Namo tasa atta aliapugala mahasangasa Yecha sangaha aticha cha Yecha sangaha nagata pachupanaya cheyo Sangaha hamunami sabata Nati mi salam manam sango me salam varam meta sachojena ho to me jayamangalam utmagena vandaham sangaham cha tiviruntanam sangeyo kalito doso sangho kamatu tamamam sangham jiwita priyam tam salam gachami. To life's end, my refuge is in the Sangha. That is, all the beings that have experienced uh, freedom and have the ability to transmit it are uh, noble uh, spiritual mentors. So, uh, wishing that all beings... Uh, throughout time and space uh, have the means and the kar- good karma, the good uh, activity to study under uh, spiritual teachers uh, of some accomplishment or hopefully lots of accomplishment, uh, that they have the means to be able to do the retreat work that they need to do, to be able to study dharma, uh, that they uh, have the health, uh, the good health and the welfare and the support to be able to unfold their beings and help other beings to unfold, and that they are surrounded by a community of good beings, suitable uh, beings, a Dharma community, and that there are places of retreat, places that have sanctity, places of protection, places where they can go to hear and practice the Dharma 
in great depth so that they may all reach a full enlightenment. Saramangalam, 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 Saramangalam. Good, lovely. Thank you very much. And thank you. I also like this time to uh, thank all the beings that have supported this retreat. Um, and I can go around to every single being in this room, so you all have. Yeah? From uh, Nancy uh, doing food runs to Susan uh, making a request on behalf of beings to uh, invite uh, the teacher to come and, and uh, give this teaching. To all the beings that put the tent up and all the beings that have cooked and supported and uh, been in good states to support the teaching. I have cut wood and uh, planted plants and uh, did uh, help, uh, made the shrine and all the good activities uh, of even the beings that are not in this room, right, that have contributed tremendously to you being here, those that have given money so that some can study, those that, uh, yes, contribute to the support of students, that, con- that contribute uh, large sums of money and physical support, too, to up, upkeep uh, this place, to make sure it's in good shape. Uh, all this is needed, and uh, we should all be thankful that all this uh, makes this possible. It's lovely. It's extraordinary. So the, the uh, generosity of uh, many people has allowed us uh, to come together. So thank you very much. So, uh, 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 sea beings today. Friday, there's lots to do, right? Um, slowly coming out of retreat and uh, um, also preparing the property uh, for the winter. And then uh, Saturday morning at uh, 10.30, come early, come 15, 20 minutes early, there will be the empowerment of the Medicine Buddha. And then after, followed, uh, following after that will be a community um, sharing of food in celebration and honor of uh, liberate, liberation. Okay? Good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Pardon? And th- thank you for Leslie. Yes, yes, yes. I hope that was included in everybody. Uh, not to single anybody out. Uh, it's important, but uh, so many people okay, have given so much of their energies. Hmm? Cooking, cleaning, transporting, physical. At every level. Cars. It's fantastic. If I've missed anybody, anybody my, my uh, humble apologies. But... Uh, extraordinary number of people, even people that you don't know about. Some of you have not a clue who they are. Uh, make make this retreat possible. You don't even the expanse of uh, beings. Not not sorry. Not nothing to do with you, Les. But the expanse of beings out there that are making this happen and have allowed this seven-week teaching to happen is incredible. They're really incredible. But they they pull out a lot of stops to make sure that uh, you've all been able um, to study. That's great. Well, thank you.
Let's, let's see more of it in the future, too. We really need it, all of us. Okay. Thank you.